Hello and welcome to the River and Panhandle's weekly podcast. We are so excited that you are tuning in for this week's message. Before we get started, there are a few things that we would love for you to do. Share it, subscribe, and rate the podcast. So the message is about to begin. We hope that you are encouraged and that you always remember, no role is insignificant. Every life matters and go out and make a difference. This little passage, uh, we're gonna uh, we're gonna dive into what it means to sink our roots into the Savior of our sin, our lives, to the Creator of all that is known to us and beyond, to the Giver of all good things. And I just want to declare right here, right now, this morning, that we do not celebrate the good things or worship the good things. We worship the giver of the good things, right? We're not focused this morning on the gifts of the master or what's at the master's table. We worship the master. And so we're going to get into some of that this morning. And I just I want us to just dive in to Colossians 2. Let's start in verse 6. It's on the screen or in your textbook at your desk. All right, therefore, verse 6, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him, rooted and built up in Him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. It starts here. For any of this to dive deep into our souls and our hearts and for us to capture who He is and why it matters for us to fall more deeply in love with Him and to walk in our faith and to be rooted and to be built up and to establish Him in our lives, we have to start with Jesus doing this work in our lives that we cannot do for ourselves. Jesus Christ... The Son of God, the person of Jesus, stepped down out of heaven into our world. We call that the incarnation. Fully God, fully man. Stepped into our lives to identify with us in our struggle for the purpose of setting us free from the struggle because we could never do that for ourselves. And we have to establish that first that He died a sinner's death on the cross even though he knew no sin, was buried in the grave by the hands of humans, conquered that death by rising out of the grave, not to be contained because the grave could not hold him, and then to ascend back to heaven to prepare a place for us to join him. And so that is a beautiful and powerful and wonderful goal for us to be back with him in heaven with God the Father. But we live here now. And so something has to stir and happen in us to ever desire that in order to live this. 
That's beautiful and wonderful. But this is also beautiful and wonderful when we are rooted and built up in Him. It's not like the life that the world lives. They don't understand what it means to truly live. Because Jesus has come for us and is in us, we get to truly live. John 10.10, Jesus even said it this way. The thief, the enemy, Satan, the devil, comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you may have what? Life. You have it more abundantly to truly live. That is why the Apostle Paul tells us, as you received Christ, so walk in Him, choose Him, live your life for Him, rooted and built up in Him and established in the faith. Let me make this statement. Lock onto this for me. The journey is the destination. You're in it. As a child of God, eternity has already begun for you. We're not waiting for just some day. We are living in eternity. And this journey is the destination. We don't choose God so that someday in heaven He'll say, well done, come in, I'll give you a nice big fat mansion, and it's going to be awesome forever. It's for today that we walk in Him. We are rooted in Him for the purpose of living, not someday, but right now. The journey is the destination. You are in it right now. And that should change everything for us. Because it makes us something brand new. 2 Corinthians 5.17 If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. You are in it. This is the destination. We're not just hanging out, hoping things work our way so that someday we can be with him in heaven. You with me? Because if we go all the days from this to that, we will have missed God's glory alive in us right now. The purpose for which He rooted us, built us up, established us in Jesus. Your life is a powerful force against the darkness of hell. This is what Jesus wants for you. He wants you to be rooted in Him. He wants you to enjoy the things this world has to offer. And so what that means is, you and I, since we're not there yet, we are constantly growing and learning. Anybody learn a hard lesson this week? I did this morning when I woke my wife up. I'm sorry. Totally, constantly, always being taught. And it means sometimes that hard things happen in our lives. Why? Because there's only one way to learn patience. (laughs) 
So if you ask God to make you patient, you are a fool. (laughs) The only way to learn patience is by being forced to wait for something. Right? Think about your children if you have children. How many times have you taught them lessons over and over and over and over and over and over and I'm still learning and if my mom were still alive today, she would still be mad at me. We're constantly growing and learning. Here's the difference though. Jesus isn't mad at you because of the faults and the sin and the failures in your life. Jesus loves you, period. And that's what it means to be rooted in Him. It means I don't live in fear of my fault and I'm not living in guilt of my poor choices. I'm living in the glory and the freedom and the deliverance of Jesus Christ in my life. And I choose and I want to make Him all and everything for me because He earned it. (laughs) Right? Shoo! If this is all true about Jesus, and I don't want to make you, I don't want to make you feel guilt or shame. But if all of this is true, Jesus died with no sin for my sin. I owe him every second, every minute, every decision, every gift. I should be thankful with gratitude in my heart because anything and everything that I have in my life is from Him. None of it is mine. Right? 1 Corinthians 6 even tells us this. You you are not your own. You have been bought with a price. I belong to Him. This is why I want to root my life in Him. I, I don't claim or, or think that I understand everything about what this life has to offer. But this I know, that when I make my life an offering to Jesus Christ, He receives it gladly. And He also is satisfied and pleased in me. And then when He is satisfied and pleased with me, then I get to feel the joy of what it means to be satisfied and pleased by Him. He made it a two-way street, meaning He made it a relationship. We don't just sit at the feet in the presence of a tyrannical, overruling God. We sit at the feet and in the presence of a loving, merciful, gracious, forgiving God that loves you, not just in spite of your sin, but He loves you, period. That's powerful. That's why we're called then to live our lives for Him, in Him, with Him, to be rooted in Him, built up in Him, constantly growing and learning, established with Him, with thanksgiving in our hearts. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, you know who that is? The Lutheran pastor who was a huge part of the Nazi resistance in the 30s and 40s. Even his life was taken from him by the 
preaching in the words and the thoughts and the writings to deliver people back to the mercy, the glory, the safety of God, the way things ought to be. He said this. He said, it is, with, it is only with gratitude that life becomes rich. When my eyes are open to who God is and what He has done for me, that's when I begin truly living the life I always wanted. It's not when I have the things or the experiences or the people in my life that make me feel good about me. I have the one who has done everything to make me feel good about anything. And when I root my life in Him, I get to feel His joy, experience His joy, live His joy, and then He is pleased with me. This is the way God rigged the system. David in Psalm 28 said, The Lord is my strength and my shield. In Him my heart trusts and I am helped my heart exults, worships, rejoices, and with my song, I give thanks to Him. This is the desire of God's heart. Not only that we enjoy and experience the things in this life, the type of life that He established for us, but that we do this with thanksgiving in our hearts. We become thankful for all things. And it even means the difficult. It even means the difficult. Why? Because God is using the difficult things of this life to make us, not happy, to make us like Jesus. I cannot live or be or know or understand the person of Jesus Christ or live in Him until I know what it means to truly suffer and struggle and lose. Now here's an important part of that. You don't have to be thankful for the struggle. But you have to always be thankful in the struggle. You with me? If you have not grown and learned in such a way, you've not rooted and established and been built up in such a way that you can be thankful for the struggle, that's okay. The journey is the destination. You will get there. Being thankful for the struggle is deeper spirituality. You're going to get there. You're going to have to learn it the hard way. Because at the end of those struggles, you see that God is good and that He's made you whole. He's made you complete. He's delivered you from the struggle. And the things that bog you down or make you tired or make you weep those are the things God is using to make you love Him more and be thankful because He never left you. He never left you, even in the struggle. You don't have to be thankful for the struggle, but you should always be thankful in the struggle. So why? Why give thanks? Look at verse 8. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit. According to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. Be careful. Be on the lookout. Be watchful. If you're not 
watchful and careful and on the lookout, you will be trapped in a whole bunch of lies, different lies. Things like, you're good enough. It's okay. You be you. You're good. You're beautiful. You're kind. These are things of the elemental spirits that, that don't remind us daily that I am not good. I am not kind. I am not always beautiful some days, but not always beautiful. But because of Jesus in me, I am made right with the God of heaven, the almighty creator of all that is known. I have been made right with him because of Jesus. I'm not good. He is good. And there is no good enough. The only good enough that lives in me is the person of Jesus Christ. He is the one who makes me right with my heavenly father. And so people will come along, false teachers, and this is who Paul is warning the church at Colossae. He's warning them, be sure, make sure, see to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit. So here's what happens. False teachers will come to you and tell even a one-off truth. And if anything is one off of truth, there is no part truth. It's either truth or not truth. And so when someone tells you, I know what God says, but if you just, I mean, he's going to be okay with that. It's a lie. One off, if it's not exactly what God said, it is a lie. (laughs) Now, let me share this. I share this confidently and without apology, but I know that this is going to hurt a little bit. Listen carefully, because this is for me as well. Anyone or anything that invites you to the master's table, to the creator's table, to enjoy the creation, to enjoy the gift that has been given and doesn't turn all the attention back to the master, the creator, the author of heaven. If it's ever about what's on the table and not about the one who's giving it, it is not a truth. We love the person of the Holy Spirit around here. And we celebrate His working and His gifting and His dwelling in us that empowers us and allows us to be used by Him to speak into others and to see miracles and healing and freedom happen in other people's lives. Thank you, God, for that. When we focus on what we have been given and what we are allowed and privileged and have the authority to do more than Jesus. God, you are the one who did this and this is for your glory. We are missing the point of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We missed it. I ain't angry about this, but I am passionate about this. God gives us gifts 
in order to glorify Jesus Christ in what happens in and through us. And it never has anything to do with you. It's always about Him. It always points back to Him. It's not just a privilege. It's a great responsibility. So before you ever ask, God, give me the gift to do blank, your prayer should first and always be, God, give me you. (laughs) And then let Him impart that through you. You don't have to ask for it. God will give it freely. When you are with Him, connected with Him, devoted to Him, in love with Him, and He is your focus, He will give it to you, and you will be used by Him to change people's lives. This is what being rooted, built up, and established is all about. We celebrate what God does through us and for us and in us. But when he talks about the elemental spirits, can I just say a word about that? So these people who live in now modern day Turkey, I mean, they had all been a part of Greek culture and infused with with that spirituality of worshiping the gods of all the elements of the world. So they worship the God of earth, the God of fire, the God of water. You with me? And then the Romans did the same kind of thing as they captured and conquered. And this is what they've heard for years. I worship the God, lowercase g, the God of earth or wind or fire. or So what Paul is reminding them, don't be deceived by that. There is one God who is God over all those things, and He reigns on high over all the elements of the earth. It's not an astral God that that can do this thing for us. It's not compartmental. There is one God over all of it, and He is the one worthy of our praise. He is the one that deserves all of our attention. Don't be deceived by, by these teachings, bad practice. If you compartmentalize your life so much that you, you kind of work on this part of your life and then this part of your life and then this part of your life and then maybe I'll get to that part of your life and God's saying, I want all of it. I'm over all of it. He is either... He is either Lord over everything or He's Lord over nothing. Now, I was raised to believe that when I got saved, I needed to ask Jesus into my heart and I needed to make Jesus Savior and Lord of my life. And what I believe wholeheartedly now today is a little bit different than that. Yes, I need Him and want Him to be Savior of my life. And I invite Him into my life because it's the way and the language that I need to use in order to understand what He's done for me. Ephesians 2, we are saved by grace 
through faith. So I believe, and I have faith, and I repent. Thank you. But I just, let me just say this. I cannot make Him Lord of my life. He is Lord. And when I know Him and I love Him and I grow Him and I'm rooted in Him and built up and established in Him, He makes Himself Lord of my life. And then I get to enjoy that relationship with Him. It's not something I've done. It's not a works-based salvation. It's what He has done for me. (laughs) And anything that points to you doing something that makes Him Savior and Lord is not truth. The truth is, He is the Savior of the world. He is the Lord of all that is known. That's what makes Him God and not me. You with me? And so He says, don't don't be confused by that. Bad practice, bad practices in our lives, it, it makes for bad relationship. So 1 Corinthians 15.33 even says, bad company corrupts good morals or good character. You surround yourself by people who don't love Jesus the way you do or don't love Jesus at all or do things that you know would not make God's heart happy, would not please Him. When I surround myself with those people, inevitably I'm going to become more like them than they are going to become like Jesus in me. It doesn't mean we don't hang out with those people. It doesn't mean we don't let our kids play soccer with those people. It doesn't mean we don't live next door to those people. We do. The difference is, as Jesus said, we are in the world, not of the world. How do I be not of the world? By letting Jesus Christ have his way in me, by me surrendering my life to him. Jesus, in and of himself, is 100% sufficient. On his own, I don't make him anything. You don't make him anything. You don't have to make him anything. He is sufficient. Look at verses 9 and 10. How do I know he's sufficient? For in him... The whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. In Jesus, all of heaven dwells and lives and is. And it dwells bodily. He became flesh to identify with me. All of heaven, all of earth combined in one. Verse 10, and you have been filled in Him who is the head of all rule and authority. There it is. (laughs) He is Lord. Fully God. Fully man. I do not have a logical explanation for that. That's what sets Him apart from us. That is the mystery that we talked about last week. He is the revelation of God for us. And in Him, all of His deity dwells bodily. So we're 
where are we going with this? I believe with all my heart that God is more interested in you knowing the Savior. Rooted, built up, established in Him, in personal relationship with Him. He's far more interested in you knowing the Savior than He ever has been with you being saved. Do you hear me? (laughs) He's more interested in you knowing the Savior than He is in you being saved. When you know the Savior, watch this, you will be saved. This is what happened to the cross, uh, to the thief on the cross next to Jesus. He did not have time to be discipled, to memorize scripture verses, right? To go to Sunday school and to learn the newest, best worship song. Didn't have time for any of that. He hung on a cross next to Jesus and said, Today, don't forget me. He is the Christ. And Jesus said, and today you will be with me in paradise. Saved. That part was easy. Knowing Him daily, being rooted, built up, and established in Him, not being deceived by false teaching, by knowing God's Word, hiding it in your heart, as David said in Psalm 119, so that I might not sin against Him. I've hidden His Word in my heart. Knowing Jesus It's hard, but it's not complicated because Jesus gives himself fully. The fullness of deity dwelt bodily to have a relationship with you and me. And so in the flesh, heaven had a relationship with Peter, James, John, all the other disciples. And then they had a relationship with the people that they led into him and grew him them up in him. And then they had relationships with the people they grew up in him and so on and so on and so on. And if we are in Christ, here we are having had a relationship with someone else who had a relationship with someone else who had a relationship with Jesus and in him, in you, through Christ, the fullness of deity dwells bodily. This is what He did for us. Why? Because He alone was enough. He is sufficient. So watch this. So all the things we experience in this world, the struggles, and we find ourselves having to say, okay, God, I trust You. The sufficiency of Christ, the sufficiency of God for us, That's what drives his sovereignty. So for me to say, God, I trust you. It is you at work. Your sovereignty. You are Lord over all. It all flows out of his sufficiency. Why is he Lord over all? And why is that enough for me? Because he is enough. He is sufficient. Isaiah 57, 15 says it this way, God the Father. This is what he says about God the Father, or God the Father says about himself. I dwell in the high and holy place and also with him 
who is of a contrite and lowly spirit to revive the spirit of the lowly and to revive the heart of the contrite. A contrite heart means this is real to me. It's authentic. I know that I'm not enough. He is. And then the God of heaven, the high places, seating, seated in the holy place, he is with us even in the lowly. There it is. He gave himself to us. And you know what that means? It means we can't be filled with God if we're full of ourselves. And I have to say that to myself every day in the mirror. If given my own choices daily, I will choose me every time. And if you're honest with yourself, so will you. But God, who is rich in mercy, makes himself available and free to you and me. Therefore, I want to choose him in my life. I want to be rooted in him, built up, established for the purpose of glorifying him with my life. Am I perfect at it? Far, far, far from true. But I'm on my way and so are you. The journey is the destination. (laughs) And so the question then today is, What are you rooting your life in? Is it Him? Or is it anything else? Do you root your life in Him? Or anything else? As the worship team comes back up, let me just make a couple of statements just as a reminder for the things that have been happening around here. I don't know if you know this or not, if you believe this or not, if you've even been paying attention or not, but God is moving in a sweet and powerful way in this church. It's a new day for us. It was not bad before. It was wonderful before, but God is doing something in people's lives that we have not expected And we see him stirring and moving and healing and not just physical, but spiritual hearts being healed and brought back to him. And so I know I've said it for several weeks. I'm going to say it again because it just matters. But there is no summer slump here at the river. We're not taking the summer off. We're going to keep going because God kept going for us. And if you can't be at everything, that's okay. We're not going to judge you unless you didn't bring something good to eat. No, we're we're not going to judge you. You're, You're family. And we're in this together. So be a part of some of it. Keep going, church. We're going to keep going. And there's other stuff coming and I'm really excited about it. We're going to tell you more about that in the days and weeks to come. Keep going and root yourself in the person of Jesus. And let's all struggle and do this together and be built up and established as his bride, his family, 
And he will use us in a way we never anticipated. I can't wait. I'm already there. I'm excited about it now. And it's not the coffee. It's the Holy Spirit. He's alive in us. So let's worship him that way. Let's give him what we've got. Let's glorify his name, not just with our songs, but with Thursday afternoon when you've had all you can stand. Be rooted in him. God, praise you. Thank you. God of heaven, the giver of all good things. God, you have rooted us. You have established us. And you build us up daily in you for the world, for your glory. God, help us. Help us make the decisions and the choices and say the words and show the love and be the kindness to all those around us to glorify your name. Starting right now, God, make the impact and the difference in our lives to follow you. We need you every day, every moment. You are the giver of all good things. We worship the master, not just eat at the master's table. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And that's this week's message. We hope that you are encouraged and inspired. If you would like to join our online campus and experience the service as it happens live, go follow us on Facebook or YouTube by searching The River in Panhandle, Texas. Have an amazing and blessed week.